Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Wednesday, November 3rd. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. The White House's new Build Back Better plan could lead to big changes in the education system. The plan would greatly expand child care and preschool for families in Missouri, Illinois, and the rest of the country. The costs of child care prevent families from growing. It prevents uh, many of our parents from going back into the workforce, and that disproportionately affects women. U.S. Secretary of Education Miguel Cardona speaks with St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke in just a few minutes. Arts leaders are asking St. Louis and St. Louis County officials to use federal coronavirus relief funds to support arts institutions. As St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis reports, they say federal aid would help local artists and workers. 111 arts institutions want the city and county to use 5% of federal coronavirus relief funding to support arts institutions, programming, and staff. The Regional Arts Commission says the money would make up for the revenue organization's loss since the coronavirus pandemic began and bring local organizations back to pre-pandemic levels of support. Kelly Pollock is executive director of COCA. She says the money also would ensure the financial stability of the region's institutions. These funds from city and county would be so critical not only to help uh, replace those funds lost, but help in the rebuilding process so that we can put artists back to work. Arts leaders say the money would help support thousands of jobs. I'm Chad Davis, St. Louis Public Radio. A Republican St. Louis County councilman wants to direct tens of millions of dollars in American Rescue Plan funds toward South St. Louis County projects. Councilman Ernie Trakas has introduced legislation to spend $62.5 million in several areas, including property repair, small business relief, and improvements to a recreation center. He has contended that much of the federal money should go to unincorporated St. Louis County, especially since municipalities are receiving their own allotment from the legislation. Trachis's South St. Louis County-based 6th District primarily consists of unincorporated county. Councilwoman Shalonda Webb's North St. Louis County-based 4th District also contains large amounts of unincorporated territory. Tax increases have been approved by voters in Ladue and Darden Prairie, while a proposed hike has been rejected in Kirkwood. The Post-Dispatch reports the sales tax measure in Kirkwood would have funded transportation initiatives. Voters in Ladue yesterday approved a property tax hike to support police, fire, and emergency medical services. And a sales tax increase approved in Darden Prairie will help fund street repairs. Illinois' new congressional maps reshuffle the balance of political power over the next 10 years. St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt reports the Metro East will not lose any congressman even though Illinois had to eliminate a seat in the maps passed last week by the General Assembly. Metro East residents will still have three representatives in the 12th, 13th, and 15th districts, but the new boundaries will likely shift the partisan makeup from three Republicans to two and one Democrat. Ken Moffat is the chair of Southern Illinois University Edwardsville's political science department. He says the new downstate districts are geographically large, and that makes them more difficult to represent. Just physically, in terms of getting two constituents in different part of the district, much less representing them in some ways, simply because the people who live in that district are very different from each other. Moffitt says residents across a single district may have very different issues they're worried about. He says this is most apparent when considering the economic drivers in a specific region. In Edwardsville, I'm Eric Schmid, St. Louis Public Radio. 
The University of Missouri-St. Louis is betting that a new high-tech training lab for nurses will help meet the state's demand for more health care workers. A $7 million project expands the school's simulation center where nursing students use robotic mannequins to prepare for human patients. Those high-tech mannequins can bleed, urinate, and even talk. Nursing student Goodness Ohia Obioa. And the idea behind it is the mannequin is real, the diagnosis is real, the pain is real, and I am the nurse to assist in this very real situation. UMSL professors say the need for simulations has grown as in-person learning at clinics and hospitals has been stymied by the pandemic. President Joe Biden unveiled the social policy part of his Build Back Better plan last week, including multiple provisions affecting education. The bill would expand subsidized childcare, free school meals, and provide a universal preschool program for three- and four-year-olds. St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke spoke with U.S. Secretary of Education Miguel Cardona about why the administration is focusing on childcare. The costs of childcare prevent families from growing. It prevents uh, many of our parents from going back into the workforce, and that disproportionately affects women. So in this proposal, as, as we have the framework, uh, families won't pay more than 7% of their salary, which means that it allows uh, parents to go back into the workforce and contribute more, not only to their own finances, but to the economy. Schools in Missouri and across the country are already struggling with teacher and substitute teacher shortages. So I'm wondering, how are you going to make sure there are enough teachers to staff the universal preschool part of this plan? What we're going to be doing is having partnerships with the states. There are many states that are doing it really well. Um, and we're going to learn from those best practices. And we're going to ensure that the providers that are there where parents have options are going to continue to exist. So it's not like we're going to be revamping and starting from scratch. Many states states have great systems already. We're going to take best practices, elevate them, and with funding now available to those states that don't have a system and to the states that want to improve their programming, um, we're just going to see an improvement. But again, making sure teachers are getting paid a decent salary so they don't have to work two to three jobs to make ends meet. That's one way that we're going to make sure we provide uh, jobs and we get those jobs filled. And speaking of paying for that, in public polling, about 45 percent of Missourians have said they don't want to increase taxes to pay for education. So will Missourians see a tax increase because of this bill? Only the very, very, very rich Missourians. Um, You know, this plan, it was specifically designed by the president not to raise taxes on people making under $400,000 for a reason. You know, people have to pay their fair share of taxes. And unfortunately, people that are making less are paying a higher percentage. So What we need to do is just level that out a little bit to address some of these issues that are affecting working class families. So the good news is that an overwhelming majority of families support the components of it because it helps their families. And um, when you add to that, that it's not going to be paid for by people that are making less than 400,000, it's a win for those families and for our children. And I saw that school meals are also going to be changing under this plan. So who is going to be eligible for free school meals? Who was not eligible before? Right. We're going to be working with USDA and uh, Secretary Vilsack and the Department of Education to really identify, you know, to broaden the uh, range of students that have access not only to healthy, nutritious meals during the school year, but also in the summer. We know childhood nutrition is an issue. We know that For many students, the pandemic taught us that for many students, the only time they receive a nutritious, healthy meal 
is in school. I just did a story on a school district that took a day off for mental health reasons in St. Louis. And I know educators are under a lot of pressure right now. What do you think the state of mental health is in our schools? And will this bill address that in any way? That's a great question. From the beginning of the pandemic, we recognize as educators that the mental health and well-being of our students has to be at the center of the conversation. You know, we talk a lot about physical health and absolutely we have to make sure we're utilizing those mitigation strategies that we know work. But I think the needs of our students from a mental health perspective and their social and emotional well-being must be prioritized. That's why in the roadmap, we prioritize that. Uh, The back to school roadmap that we put out recently. The Department of Education two weeks ago put out a guidance document with mental health supports that can be used by teachers in the classroom, principals, superintendents, and entire states because we value the importance of building back better and including social and emotional well-being as part of a regular school day. It cannot be left only when kids have an outburst or when they show that they're sad. We need to embed it not only for our students, but also for our staff as well because they've gone through a lot. That was U.S. Secretary of Education Miguel Cardona speaking with St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grunke. Our Maria Altman edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.